Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna, and we're now live for another episode. Today, we're going to talk about what I consider to be perhaps the most important topic of financial planning. Okay. And if you go back to our pilot episode, which if you haven't listened to, you need to go back and listen to that one. That's the foundation of it all. You'll recall the five tenets of financial planning. And number one, the most important was protection. Okay. Protection first, fully and forever. All right. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to get into some specifics as well. So you're not going to want to miss the next 20 minutes because this is information that you need to know. Okay, to protect yourself and your finances. But before we get into that, we want to talk about why. Why do we have to protect? So I want you to close your eyes real quick, as long as you're not driving out there. All right, if you are, keep your eyes on the road. All right, but I want you to do an exercise in which you create a dream board. Okay, this might even be good to actually do when you get home tonight and sit down with a piece of paper and say, what does my dream vision look like? What does my utopia look like? Whether it be a new car, moving into a bigger house, putting a pool in the backyard, taking that vacation you've been dreaming of to Europe with your family, whatever it is that gets you going, fires you up to go to work every day, think about that utopia, okay? And now I want you to step into that world, okay? Close your eyes and step into that world where now you have it all and you're truly happy with where you've gotten to. And ask yourself, how could it go wrong? How could any aspect of this utopia be taken away from us, okay? And that's the way we're going to view the biggest threats to your financial plan. So having done this for 11 years now as a CFP, uh, I hear a lot of different worries or a lot of different concerns from clients of mine. The biggest threats I'm going to run through real quick, and we're also going to look at it from an empirical standpoint to see, is it really a big threat? And if it is, how much of an impact economically is it going to have to you? So one of the first ones you hear about is, hey, dude, everybody is suing you know, everybody and their brother. Uh, you know, there's attorneys left and right. What if at some point in my life I, I screw up and uh, you know, I get sued? Well, according to Martindale, we'll look at uh, the average personal injury settlement is about $52,900. Okay? So that's the economic impact in you know, an average instance where, God forbid, you hurt somebody and we're at fault. Or you might say, you know, I finally got this house that I'm in love with. And what happens if it catches on fire? Or what if you know Hurricane Katrina comes blowing through? Well, according to Zillow, the median home value today is $229,000. All right, pretty sizable hit that you could be on the line for. What if you know that car you've been dreaming of, you know, gets into an accident and you totaled it? All right, according to Kelly Blue Book, average new car is about $35,000. Okay, still a pretty big financial impact. Or you might say, you know, I got everything going for me in my dream world right now, but what if I lost my job, all right? And according to the National Bureau of Labor Statistics, average length of unemployment lasts about three months. So you take $100,000 salary, I'm out of work for three months, boom, I got hit with a $25,000 loss in income that year, okay? Or you might be saying, getting even to a more morbid reality that happens out there, what if something happens to me and I pass away, Okay. Death, you know, I don't think it gets any worse than that. There's no coming back, right? So if I'm a 30-year-old making $100,000 a year and I account for a 3% cost of living adjustment or rate of inflation, 
my assumed earnings to age 65 would have been just north of $6 million. Okay, talk about a huge financial impact, not even getting into, of course, everything else that goes along with losing a loved one. All right, and then what's another one I hear, you know, a lot of folks actually joke about, but of course it's a reality in today's world. What if all of a sudden Ken and Barbie just aren't getting along anymore and they decide to go their separate ways? All right, stats show us that about half of Americans today, just over half, unfortunately, their relationships end up in divorce. And you could say there goes half of whatever that dream board was. All right, so we just went through a lot of big threats that no one ever wants to think about. But folks, this is the real world that we live in and things do happen. So financially speaking, if we just want to look at math, which, which of those was the most impactful? Of course, death was, all right? That was the most severe. I mentioned a $6 million figure. There was nothing even close to that, all right? Fortunately, according to the Social Security Administration, 80% of men and 86% of women will live out their career at least to age 70, all right? So huge financial impact, but we have the comfort in knowing that there's a very, very low likelihood that will actually occur to us, okay? So... And the last thing I want to say is, and you're probably, you know, thinking this if you're not already, is we just ran through all these issues and you're saying, well, yeah, they're terrible, but financially I have a solution already put in place, be it my liability insurance, my auto, my homeowner's policies, my rainy day fund for unemployment or tapping the unemployment fund, my life insurance, my term policy set up to protect my family. Um, my will or my prenuptial agreements, you know, to protect against that divorce. So you're saying there's a lot of different, you know, mechanisms to mitigate these risks. And I would say, yeah, if you've done the job right, correct. But what is one of the most impactful, but least talked about? And I would posit that that would be what if someday you get sick or you get hurt and you can't go to work? Okay, something none of us want to think about. But again, according to the Social Security Administration, one in four Americans will suffer a disability before the age of retirement. Okay, so it's a, it can have just as much, if not more of an economic impact as death does. Okay, but instead of those, you know, kind of favorable statistics I laid out regarding living all the way throughout our career, now we hear a kind of dire statistic in that one in four of us will suffer a disability before retirement. And why is the financial industry not talking about this? Well, let's take a close look. You know, life insurance, maybe you're saying that's about as morbid as it gets. What if I die, right? All right. Well, right now there are about 290 million life insurance policies out there, according to, to Statista. Okay. 290 million life insurance policies in force. So obviously a lot of people are taking precaution in that respect. We switch gears to disability. Okay. Much more likely possibly just as financially devastating, there are just 167,000 policies in force. Think about that, guys. 167,000 policies or solutions for that threat versus life insurance, we have 290 million, okay? A huge disparity. So why, why are we in the current state that we are with disability insurance? And how did we get here? All right, that begs the question. Why, why are there not enough solutions for so many potential pitfalls, right? When you boil it all down and you look at consumer behavior, I think it comes to that old, old age old judgment of 
perceived value versus realized cost. Okay, I'm going to work hard and take my hard-earned dollars and pay for something. I better be getting something worthy in return, right? And is disability insurance worthy enough, okay? So if we look at it from an economic standpoint, and we'll use life insurance here as, at least as like a benchmark that we can compare against. From an economic standpoint, most people out there would consider term life insurance a cheap expense or a cheap solution, right? Versus dollar of premium, compared to the dollar of death benefit. There's a huge gap there, and that's where we see a lot of value for a low cost, right? Or if we wanna spring for maybe a pricier alternative such as whole life, now you're saying, all right, I'm putting more in it, but I've got a guaranteed death benefit to protect my family. I've got cash value that I can tap for my own enjoyment. So it has that, that feeling there that I'm actually getting something for my money, and I think that can alleviate the idea of expense as well, okay? So, and then the third thing too is there's a, obviously a finality to death. There's no coming back, all right? Whereas when we take kind of the, the same lens or the same optic and, and view disability insurance through those three lenses, we're now going to say, one, it's not final, okay? So it's never going to happen to me. That's our first instinct. And God forbid it does, I can rebound from this. Two, let's look at that cost. It, well, it costs more than term life insurance. So now I've got to think about that. In three, there is no sort of equity or cash value in there in a participating policy. So it's more of a use it or lose it conundrum that we find ourselves in. Okay. So I think the reality of that situation that those are just some contributing factors to why people shun disability insurance and why there's now 290 million life insurance policies out there. Okay. So I think that's why people need to be motivated to implement disability insurance. And a lot of folks will say it's not bought, but it's actually sold uh, by agents or by financial advisors. So let's take a, a look at that and say, is it you know an ethical and valuable sale or purchase by the client? All right, I adhere to all the financial philosophies I've talked to you guys about so far. I'm a proponent of those five tenets of financial planning. I practice what I preach. Ask me what is one mistake, one thing that I put off that I delayed. And the answer is disability insurance, okay? Throughout my 20s, I was doing everything a young, responsible professional should do, especially as a financial advisor. But guess what, guys? I kept putting off buying disability insurance. Why? For the same reasons I just cited. It's never going to happen to me. It's expensive. I get nothing in return. And if something, God forbid, happened to me, I'll just work my way right back and I'll be fine again. So I don't need disability insurance. As I started to mature and, and see more of the real world as a financial advisor, I started to kind of change my thoughts and I'll explain to you why and how that came about. The first most impactful story that got me at least thinking of the idea is when I spoke with a, an older advisor at a firm I worked for and he said, look at it from an economic standpoint. If you go your whole career and you pay about one to 2% of your income, for disability insurance premiums, all right? Now it's not so expensive when we think about it in that fractional sense, by the way. But if you go your whole career paying that small fraction of your income and you make it all the way to retirement without a hitch, that lost opportunity costs, that amounted to a small mistake, right? That's money that was out of your world and you got nothing back, okay? But on the flip side, let's say that you forgo disability insurance and one day you wake up and you're unable to go to work with a family and a business on the line, now it's a huge mistake, okay? 
And financial planning, guys, it's not a science. And a lot of it does boil down to trading small mistakes and big mistakes to protect yourself. Okay, so I heard about that anecdote and, and the economist to me said, that makes sense. I get it. I can give away a small slice of my income to protect the entire pie. I get it. And guess what, guys? I did not buy disability insurance. Why? I got it financially, but I didn't get it emotionally. And every decision is going to have a financial and an emotional component. And if we forget about one of them, we have inaction. Okay? So why did I eventually take action? I'll share one more story with you. Very impactful one again. It was a mentor of mine had one of his best clients was this high powered attorney uh, making huge money over seven figures a year doing really well. He was kind of an icon in his industry. And so my buddy, my, my fellow advisor every year manages investments and so forth and would always say, Hey, you know, you need to have disability insurance. You got this huge law firm leaning on you. You got a family and the, the little ones in private school. So many people are relying on you and what you do every day. And his response was always, hey, I run marathons every year. I'm in tip-top shape. It's never going to happen to me, right? And he said, even if you took my legs out from under me, I'd still come to work and I'd practice law in a wheelchair because I love what I do and you can't stop me. As time went on, eventually, almost in a way to kind of silence this advisor here, he said, you know what? If you think I should have that disability insurance, in almost a way to shut you up, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll purchase it. If you think it's the right thing to do, you've done right by me so far, let's go with it. So they implement disability insurance through three different carriers to cover this very large income. All right, about two years after that moment, my friend gets a call from this gentleman's paralegal. And she says, did you ever implement disability insurance with all this financial planning stuff? And so my colleague says, yes. And she goes, well, we have a, a problem and we need to talk to you about it. Urgent, very urgent. And he says, uh, you know, kind of shocked, you know, this was Superman of all of his clients. He goes, okay, well, talk to me, what's wrong? And she says, well, unfortunately, his son passed away in a car accident about five months ago and he hasn't stepped foot back in the office since. All right. This may not, you might be saying to yourself, what does this have to do with disability? Okay, he was disabled from going to work and doing what he did every day that everybody relied on him so much for. He was in a deep, deep depression with the loss of his son. I don't care what financial planning you've done to that point. When you lose a paycheck like that every other week, you don't just rebound from that. That has far-reaching effects to your financial plan and to your family. Fortunately, they filed a claim on their mental nervous disorder, you know, obvious due to this depression that he was in, and that claim paid, okay? And over the course of about two years, as that attorney was able to focus on what mattered most and to focus on his family at that point in time without financial worry bothering him and keeping him up at night, he was able to do the things necessary to get his family back on track and to get himself mentally clicking on all cylinders so that he could get into a better place again and so that he could return to work and go and be the attorney he was and provide for his family the way he always had. And that disability insurance, that was the, the gap there. That was the bridge over that gap, I should say, that was able to keep everything copacetic again so that he could focus on what's important. 
in the real priorities of life. Okay, so that's the one, you know, that really hit me. And, and I, I realized we have no idea what, what the world holds for us in the future. We have no idea how disability could possibly occur to us. And that's what initially got me to say, okay, I need to buy this income protection. I need to implement it within my plan. All right. So again, think about it, guys. It's less than 10% of all disabilities come from injury. I know we always think about I'm skiing down the mountain and that's what's going to take me out of work for a few months. No, about 90% of disabilities are due to illness. Okay. They're not so visible and so apparent. These are the ones that creep up on us and can wreak havoc and derail us from pursuing that vision and that dream board that we just got so enamored with. Okay. Disability insurance and the language within it is what can, you know, affect a cardiac surgeon I was referred to that began to suffer from migraines and a very severe dry eye after getting LASIK surgery that just totally blindsided him and eliminated the ability to do surgery. And unfortunately, he received a denial letter from this insurance carrier because of in any occupation definition cited in his contract. That's a story, okay, that affects decision making and consumer behavior. Conversely, a gentleman I've worked with, an orthodontist, a father and husband who suffers from carpal tunnel, now collecting a benefit thanks to his true own occupation definition, and then went on to become a professor at a renowned college. That's a story of what disability insurance can do. So I don't want, I want clients out there to be so fixated on, on products or plans but knowing how to best protect themselves. And those definitions and things and all the technical legalese, if you will, we could certainly save that for later episodes, but we need to recognize the vulnerabilities to our plan and the solutions and the vehicles to protect and mitigate against those threats. So lastly, I want you to ask yourself, are you worth any less to those around you if, God forbid, you suffered disability? Are you less of a husband? Are you less of a father? less of a boss, less of an employer, less of a coach? I think the answer we'd all say is no. We didn't just suddenly use, lose an entire lifetime of work just because of this stroke or whatever this disability was. So why should your financial plan and why should your lifestyle and your loved ones suffer if you're still waking up being intrinsically the same person you were yesterday? That's why I believe it's so important to focus on that first tenant, guys, of protection and inside of protection to recognize illness and injury in the tools and the ways to protect against that and to create a contingency. All right, so I hope this wasn't too morbid for you. I think that it's something that should be viewed from an optimistic standpoint, that there are solutions out there to protect against the biggest of threats and to really make yourself invincible so that you can chase that dream board, you could step foot in that utopia, and you can enjoy that world with the peace of mind and the comfort knowing that you've protected yourself and you've protected your own world that you live in. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. Keep on tuning in. Keep spreading the good word. If you have topics, questions, things you want to learn about, other guest suggestions, send them all over to the Kaderna Podcast at gmail.com. And I promise we'll give it some thought and we'll get back to you. Thanks. And we'll see you next week.
The Kaderna podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Listeners should contact their own tax or legal advisors in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities products and services and advisory services are offered through PAS, a registered broker dealer and investment advisor, 973-244-4420. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is an indirect fully owned subsidiary of Guardian. Caderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance LLC are not affiliates or subsidiaries of PAS or Guardian. Caderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance LLC, a general agency of the Guardian. PAS is a member of FINRA SIPC, California Insurance License Number OK04194.